Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. You guys, but I heard uh, it was amazing while I was gone. Can you give it up for the Crux team? They ran the ship while I was gone. They did an awesome job. I know Dom and M preached, Joel preached. Who else preached? Was it Vivian? Oh, it was Vivian. Yes. Yep. I heard she killed it. I heard it was awesome. So anyway, but I'm excited to be back with you guys and uh, really excited for this new kind of little mini series we're, we're kicking off into going into Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Is there anyone in here who says Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday or is it just me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, well, not ready to commit. Just kind of, kind of like it. no. See, I love Thanksgiving. I'm the middle child, and I feel like Thanksgiving's like the middle child of holidays because people go from Halloween and then they jump to Christmas. You know, like Starbucks is all Christmas out and everything. And so I feel it was like firstborn, thirdborn. You know, and I'm like middle child Thanksgiving. You know, so that's maybe that's why. Maybe I'm biased towards it. I also like to eat a lot, so that helps. So, but anyway, it is Thanksgiving time. Where thankfulness, everyone's kind of talking about it. The whole point of Thanksgiving. Is is kind of remembering, going back to why we're thankful, what we're thankful for. And so uh, tonight, that's actually what we're going to be talking about. It's just thankfulness, kind of going after it. So to be totally honest with you guys, so I went to Hawaii, and I came back. And have you guys ever had, like, just a week, just, like, right from the abyss? You know, it's like all of hell was like, get Taylor! You know, like, have you ever had one of those weeks before? No? No one has? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, right? So my shoe did this thing. My shoe ripped and fell apart, right? My car engine blew up. Laura was there. She saw it, right? So my car's gone. Buzz, if you know Buzz, my car, he went to infinity and beyond. He's gone, right? And so Buzz is gone. My shoe is falling apart, right? My, um, I played piano. My wrist, I started getting all this pain in my wrist, and I couldn't play piano. I'm a runner, and I started getting all these pain in my knees, so I couldn't run. So I was like, my wrist, my knees my car, my shoes, you know, like, and I'm just having this pity party, right? Where I'm just like, what is going on? You know, right? Joel's my roommate, so he knows, right? And so I'm just like, my life, (laughs) right? Hawaii was so great, you know, right? Just having this whole pity party, right? And I was like, Lord, what's going on? And I, all I heard, I just heard, I heard God say, your weapon is thankfulness. And that's all I heard. He just said, your weapon is thankfulness. Like, this is how you're going to fight back, right? Is you can have a pity party. Jesus usually doesn't come to our pity parties. He's like, that's a lame party. I'll be outside when you want to come out, you know? So, but I'm having, you can have a pity party or you can jump into thankfulness. He said, thankfulness is your weapon. And so what I did is I just said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go after studying thankfulness. Because apparently, you know, when I think of thankfulness, I think of like the feeling of like, yeah, I feel thankful. Sure, yay, you know, we cool. I know there's people worse off than me. Sure. You know, I'm thankful, you know? And so, and, but it kind of ended there. And you always hear like, you should be thankful. You're like, I know I should be thankful. There's starving people on the other side of the world. I know, you know, right. But that's about it. It kind of caps there a lot of times. And so I felt like the Lord said, no, no, you have to study thankfulness. What is it in the scripture? What does it mean? Why, why is this so important to God? And this will become your weapon. And so tonight, I just wanted to go after that. So can we do that together? Can we go after what thankfulness? So we're going to do that for a little bit, and then we're going to jump into small groups the rest of the night, okay? Does that sound okay? 
Awesome. I'm thankful for that, you know. All right, go. Here we go. So Colossians 3.15. So what I did is I looked up, okay, where's thankfulness in the Bible? And I found the, the first one in the New Testament where it says thankful, and that's just the first verse I ran with. Colossians 3.15. This was written by a man named Paul. He wrote a bunch of the New Testament. So as he's writing this, he is currently in jail. So he is in jail writing to a church that's going through persecution and other issues. And this is what he has to say. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. The man who's in jail says, hey, be thankful. This is your strategy. Because their church is falling apart. They're having all these issues. And so he said, what, what, how do we fix it? Be thankful is one of the things he gives them. I mean, I don't know about you, but man, the other day I went to Starbucks and they got my black cold brew with nothing in it wrong. I was like, how do you get this wrong? You know, like, and I'm not thankful. I take a sip and I'm like, oh, this is gross. And then the pity party starts up again, right? You know, and then I read this. I'm like, dude, the man was in prison and I can't even go to Starbucks. Like what? Something is off in me that I got to change, right? Sometimes, have you, have you guys ever had little moments like that? Or am I the only one where you're like, not even my Starbucks, you know, right? It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, they got my name wrong. Tyler, right? I'm Taylor, right? Anyway, all right. So he says this, Paul, the man imprisoned, says you need to be thankful. So I looked up this word, the word thankful. It's this word, eucharistos. I'm going to say eucharistos, if you can. Eucharistos. So just like the word thankful, it can break into two words, thanks and full, full of thanks. Wow. You know, thankful, right? That's what it means. The, the Greek can same thing where it can be two words that can be pulled apart, okay? So eucharistos gets pulled into two words, you, which is like an E-U, and it means uh, basically it is well, well done. It's the exact word Jesus used when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That word you is that well done. So it means good, it means prosper, it means well, it means that, okay? Okay, the word, the Christos part is the, the word charismai, and it means to grant forgiveness. It means to pardon, to give graciously, to give freely, to forgive, and to give something that wasn't earned. It's the word used when it says, and Jesus gave sight to the blind. That word right there, giving something, it's also the exact same word used in the verse when it says he forgave them freely. That word forgive there, it's this word, the charisma. So what it means is like to grant, to forgive, to deliver from something. It's the word used when people were delivered out of a situation. So literally, when you put these together, it says, well done, I am well, I prosper because I've been granted, forgiven, delivered, rescued. And when these two words come together, it makes the word thankful. I don't know about you, but I thought that was crazy, right? So basically, thankfulness literally means, when you put them together, I am well because I've been forgiven. I am prospering because God has granted me deliverance. This is, they put these together and invented the word thankful. And so this is, Every time you choose to be thankful, you're actually preaching the gospel that I'm well because I'm forgiven. Uh, to remove Jesus out of thankfulness is like to remove the core of it out, the forgiveness part of the gospel, Jesus, right? All of thankfulness points back 
to Jesus. It means every single time that you actually say, you know, no, no, I'm thankful for this, big or small, you're actually saying, I'm well, I'm forgiven. I remind myself that I'm forgiven and so I'm okay. And so it may feel like you're saying it with little things. You know, I don't know about you, but when I first tried to be thankful, I would try to make a list and it was hard. I'd be like, 10 things I'm thankful for. And I'd be like, my car. Well, no, cross that one out. No. My shoe. No. Cross that one out. You know, right? No, but, but I'd try to make a list. I'd find anything. My shoes, my car, my house, air, you know, like I wouldn't, I had no idea what to say, right? And I'd make this list of thankfulness, but really what you're saying when you say, I'm thankful for my shoe, by definition, you're actually saying my foot is well and prospering because I have been delivered and forgiven. Like as stupid as that sounds, it sounds so small, but you're like, dude, my feet were delivered from the peril of footless walking through life and I have a shoe now, right? Like this is kind of what you're saying is I'm doing well because of Jesus. That's why I have shoes. Did you know the majority of the world, if you own two pairs of shoes, you're considered rich? In most of the world. Africa, India, these are places that make up the majority of the population. If you own two pairs of shoes, you're doing well, right? Because Jesus has blessed you. And so this is actually what thankfulness is. It, there's no small thing to say, you know what? I'm really thankful for, for ice in my coffee. I love iced coffee, right? And so you're like, wow, I'm doing well. Jesus forgave me, blessed me, and now I can enjoy this. Like as stupid as that sound, it's literally, this is what thankfulness is. Every time you choose thankfulness, you're reminding your soul of the past goodness of God and you're prophesying out into your future. No, 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 I'm well. I don't care how I feel. I am well because God has forgiven me. This is what the word literally means. One guy, Joel Osteen, he's a famous pastor. He says, one of the main reasons that we lose our enthusiasm in life is because we become ungrateful. We let what was once a miracle become common to us. And we get so accustomed to his goodness that it becomes a routine. We get so familiar with a God that we barely know. We become so familiar, like, oh yeah, cool, another, another miracle. The first time I saw someone get saved, I was like, ah! right? And then now someone raised their hand and I'm like, oh, awesome, praise God, you know? Because I got too familiar with a miracle. First time I saw someone get healed, I was like, no way, my life is forever changed, right? Now sometimes I'm like, oh, cool, your knee was healed. Awesome, bless you, man, you know? What happened? I stopped be, being grateful for the miracle, right? And that's why my enthusiasm just, when you get grateful, it brings it back up and you become in wonder of the miracle of God again. So you guys know communion, taking of the body and the bread? So in, uh, in the Catholic Church, uh, at, but not just then, all the way back to the early church fathers, the communion was called the Eucharist. And it comes from the word Eucharistos. Because it was a time, the early church fathers named it the Eucharist, communion. It's still named that to this day. Just not in Protestant church, we call it communion, but in Catholic church, they still call it the Eucharist. And they call it that because it was a time when they were thankful and then they reminded themselves that they're well because they're forgiven by the body and the blood. And that's why it's called the Eucharist. It literally means thankfulness. And so thankfulness is communion with God. 
when you're reminding yourself what he bought you by the body and the blood spilled and then broken for you. It's literally the word they use for communion. This one woman, I don't know how to pronounce it, Meister Eckhart, but they wrote, if the only prayer you could ever say in your entire life is thank you, it would be enough. If that was your only prayer, thank you, God, you'd be doing really well. In the Old Testament, so that was New Testament, Eucharistos. In the Old Testament, the word thankfulness, it's this word yada, yada or yada. I don't know if I'm saying that right, <laughs> right? But okay, yada. And what it means, it's to thank God, but it means to praise God. It's often translated like praise as well. Thank God, praise God, to confess his name out. And it literally also means to kind of worship him by raising your hands up unto him. So it's kind of like a hand raise. You know, like we're sitting there, we're singing, I raise a hallelujah. And you don't even, you don't even know why, but you're just like, I don't know what's going on with my hand. Uh, right? That's the word yada, because there's something in you that God's like, when you're worshiping, your hands just go up, and then you just start confessing out his name. This is why when I get up here, I say, get off the script, and you just start confessing, Jesus, you're good. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. That's what you're doing, yada. And it's a form of thankfulness. And it means hands lifted up, okay? And so it's the same word right there for thanks, right? You guys ever taken, I don't know about you, but like Chick-fil-A, I eat Chick-fil-A, you know? Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Kanye West, for that one, right? And so, and, and then you're just like, oh, Jesus, this is so you know, <laughs> you're like, I thank you, God, for this Chick-fil-A, right? You know, these are the moments when you even, I'm trying to use stupid little examples as these are actually moments when you can give God praise. And he actually cares about it and sees it as worship to him. Because thankfulness and praise are the same thing. It's this word, yada. And that word comes actually in early Genesis 29. The first time we ever see the word thankful it's actually this word yada, it's this word praise. And it happens in 29, Genesis 29, 35. It says, when Leah had a child and she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise, I will thank, I will confess the name of, I will lift my hands to the Lord. That word praise is this yada word. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. Judah, when it got turned to English, the Y turned into a J. It's the word yada. It's the word, it's the word Yehuda. It's basically from yada. They said, let's take this word and make a name out of it. Like Taylor, a sower. They said, let's make a name, Taylor. They did the same thing here where basically they took the word yada, praise, and they said, since I'm praising God with this child, since this child's confessing God's name, let's name him Yehuda. Right? So anyone who heard his name said thankfulness whenever they heard this. Judah is the line that all the kings in the Bible come out of. Out of all the tribes, he chose the tribe of thankfulness and praise to God to be like, they're the ones who are going to rule. Jesus' lineage is from the tribe of Judah. So the Messiah came from the line of of thankfulness, praise to God. 
And so when he says Jesus, there's all these names about him being the lion of the tribe of Judah. I believe God chose this name because it was the one of all the tribes. This name was the one that said, thanks be to God. Let's have all the kings and the Messiah come from that lineage. This is how important thankfulness is to God. See, when you give him thanks, you're enthroning him as the, the Messiah. You're saying, oh, Jesus, thanks be to you. Psalms 22.3 says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So you see, when you praise God, it actually sets up a throne in that situation for God to then sit down on. So when your school is rough, your family's rough, your, the situation's rough, work's rough, you name it, it's rough. When you thank God in that situation still, you say, God, I know this is hard. I know this sucks. Or I know this is bad, but I thank you, God, for this. You're setting up a throne and saying, God, you can sit on this situation. And if thankfulness enthrones God, who does complaining enthrone? When you complain, you're not enthroning God. You're enthroning someone else, right? And so when I complain about a situation, I'm setting up a throne and saying, hey, Satan, come sit down. Right here, I got a spot for you. <laughs> when you complain about school, that teacher hates me, that class sucks, that person's, you're saying, hey, Satan, Come sit down in this class. When you complain about that friendship, you're like, dude, that guy's weird. That guy's socially awkward. That friend's a jerk. That person's mean. I can't believe she, I can't believe he, right? You're saying, hey, Satan, come sit in this friendship. And then we wonder, how come I don't have any deep friendships? Because I'm complaining all the time about them. And I'm inviting Satan. I'm like, hey, Satan, you got any room for another on that throne of yours? Let me sit with you. This is what complaining is doing. It's the opposite of enthroning God. When you're thankful, when you give praise, you're enthroning God. And sometimes you need to do this in the center of your most painful situation. That's why thanksgiving is not a feeling. It's a choice to say, God, I don't understand, and this is hard. But thank you, God that I am well because you forgave me and I can sit here and praise your name, right? Thank you, God. I still got a right shoe that works. My left shoe is talking to you right now, you know, right? Thank you, God, right? The church is letting me borrow the church van. Thank you, God. I have a car I get to drive around for free right now as I'm looking for the other car you're going to provide for me, right? Thank you, God. You got to find the thanksgiving in the midst of the pain and, and watch how the blessings just begin to fall because you're enthroning God in that place. H.A. Ironside said, we would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. If you're dissatisfied in life, if you're discontent in your life, it's probably a lack of thanksgiving. Thankfulness is a weapon. This is the one line God told me, right? He said, your weapon is the thankfulness. If I could give you anything tonight, I want you to know that one line. Thanksgiving 
thankfulness, thanks, it's a weapon. It's not a feeling, it's a weapon. It's for spiritual warfare. That word yada for thankfulness and praise and lifting hands and yada, right? Up to God, right? Did you know that another definition of that word is shooting an arrow? To shoot an arrow. The same word used for giving thanks to God is the same word used for shooting an arrow. Because thankfulness is a weapon, (laughs) right? You see, thankfulness casts out demonic strongholds. Thankfulness casts out darkness. It's spiritual warfare. It's literally when you're shooting, it's like every time you're saying, God, I'm thankful for my shoes. I'm thankful for my house. I am thankful for this school. I am thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I am thankful for my, and you're just choosing thing after thing after thing. You're shooting arrows into the, the, the crud, the darkness, the attack of the enemy surrounding your life. When you say, God, I'm thankful for this school, you're looking at a school that's dark and filled with bad things, and you're shooting arrows of light into the situation. And the exact opposite is true. When you complain, you're shooting arrows of darkness into the spiritual realm. The exact opposite. So when you're saying, I hate this. My life sucks. They hate me. It's not fair. They, you're shooting all these arrows of lies, of darkness, hatred, and you're shooting them. And then we wonder, like there's a, no one wants to be around us. Because every time they come around, we shoot them with an arrow called complaining. You realize that when you complain about America, you're shooting arrows of darkness into America. When you complain about your nation, right? When you complain about your nation, you're, you're shooting, you're, you're basically joining the enemy lies and saying, yeah, devil, how do we take down America? And shooting arrows at it. Or you can join the Lord and say, thank you, God, for this nation. Thank you, God, we're blessed. Thank you for a nation turning back to you. Thank you that you're not done yet with America. You can turn, you're joining God and you're shooting the devil back out of America. When you complain about the president, right? And I don't, I'm, I, w- I, was, I was preaching this back when Obama was president. I was preaching the same message. So whether it's Obama on one side, Trump on the other side, same thing. Thank you, God, for our president. And I said it, I said it for President Obama. It's on the recordings. You can go way back then, and I'll say it for President Trump. Whoever the leader is, Thank you, God, you chose them for this season, for this nation. And I pray you give them wisdom. And that one, that's not my opinion, actually. That's 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petition, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. That's crazy. Petition, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. All he puts on equal level as these are your spiritual warfare weapons that I want you to use. Prayer, intercession, thanksgiving. He puts them on equal terms. Thankfulness is just as powerful as prayer. He put them together and he says this, petitions, prayer, intercession, things must be made for all people, for kings and all of those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Do you know who was king when he wrote this? 
a man named Nero, who was taking Christians and putting them on poles and lighting them on fire for his parties. A man who was killing Christians and blamed them for the fire in Rome. A man who was insane and was wiping out like skinning Christians alive. I was reading about him. He would put Christians and he'd put animal fur on them and let dogs just tear them to pieces as everyone watched. He had nasty ways of killing Christians. And Paul says, let there be thanksgiving for your king. I don't care who president it is. Like, it ain't that bad, <laughs> right? Like, I have yet to be strapped up on a, and put as a party and lit on fire, right? But like, that's gnarly. And Paul says, let there be thanksgiving and prayer because he knows it's spiritual warfare. And he knows if you can thank God for the president, you'll begin to pray for him and then maybe God's will be done through him. And then maybe it's the kingdom, not a political party who changes America. Proverbs 11, 11 wrote, he wrote, by the blessings of the upright, a city's exalted. So when you bless, cities rise. And by the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. When you bless cities, they rise up. When you speak complaining, you tear them down. And this isn't my opinion. I'm just showing you right out. These are just black and white verses. <laughs> right? So if you believe the Bible, there you go, you know, <laughs> right? So here's my question, practicals. Practicals, how do I get thankful? So you're like, all right, Taylor, I get it. I should be thankful. All right, I should shoot air and be thankful. Right? So how do I do it? How do I start? Because if you just say, you know what, I should really be thankful, you probably won't be. <laughs> right? Because we forget, right? We forget, you know, and then we'll complain and be like, dang it, did it again, right? So how do you actually begin to get into that new habit, rewiring your brain to walk in thankfulness? This sounds super lame, but I'm telling you it works. It's practical step one, schedule a time and a place for thankfulness. People are like, oh, I'll be thankful. You won't be thankful. Practice somewhere. <laughs> so basically, I got this right out of the Bible. First Chronicles 23, 30 says, and they, talking about the priests in the temple, they were to stand every morning thanking and praising the Lord likewise at the evening. So I read that and I said, that's what I'm going to do. Every morning, I get out my little journal and I write 10 things right now that I'm thankful for. And every evening before I'm going to bed, I'm writing 10 things that I'm thankful for. Because scripture says right here that they assign people every morning to thank God and every evening to thank God in the temple. So I was like, okay, those are my two times and that's where I'll start. And I have found what's crazy. I haven't even been doing this this long. I've found that when you start the day in thankfulness, you just begin to, you come out different and you start to see the day. Maybe midday you start to like complain again. That's why the second round at night brings you back up again, right? But it literally begins to change something inside of you when you make a habit out of it. Or other things, I put little triggers on my phone, little alerts that go off every couple hours that say like, be thankful, right? And so when I read it and I stop and I try to say 10 things I'm thankful for. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to actively overcome this season I'm in by intentionally shooting arrows. You don't accidentally shoot an arrow and be like, oh, oh, oops, right? You're intentional, you aim, pull back and fire. That's what you have to be just as intentional with your thankfulness. You can't be like, yeah, in general, I'm thankful. You have to like find things to be thankful for and shoot it at those things. And this is, if you do it morning and night, watch, you'll start to do it throughout the day. Another second practical tip, when you feel the urge to complain, give thanks. 
Whenever you feel that like, I want to complain, that's your moment. This is your choice. Which arrow are you going to pick up? Which throne are you going to put down? This is your moment, right? And 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. That tells me right there, I'm like, thank you, God, <laughs> right? Like I get a bad grade on the paper, my car breaks down, whatever it is. Thank you, God, that you have something better for me. Thank you, God, that my life is not dependent upon this one class that I failed. Right? God's like, oh no, you failed. I can't. Your calling's ruined. <laughs> you failed communications. I don't know how I'm going to use you anymore. Right? Like, come, chill out. Chill out, man. Find something to be thankful for. Right? Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. William Arthur Ward. You would never get a present and be like, hey, Vivian, I have a present for you. Your bir- her birthday's coming up. We should sing happy birthday to her, right? Right. So I got you a present. You're like, wow, cool. It's wrapped. It's ready. It's at home. Great. When are you going to give it to me? I'm never giving it to you. What? It's wrapped up. It's at home. It's ready for you. It's got your name on it. When can I have it? I'm not giving it to you. I'm keeping it at home. You're like, what? You just, what is that? You defeated the whole purpose of presents, right? No, no, just believe I have it for you. You would love it right? That's what we do when you're like, come on, I'm thankful, but we never actually say it. There's power when you say it out loud. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Dude, thanks for being so awesome. Dude, thank you so much for your help. Hey, thank you. You can't just think it. That's a present that they need to hear that'll change their day. But you're like, no, you can't see it, right? Silent gratitude isn't very much use to anyone. Gertrude Stein, silent gratitude. It's not really useful for anyone. You're like, come on, you know I'm joking. No, usually we don't. (laughs) Be thankful. God's will for you is to give thanks in every circumstance. I know you can find a way. That's why God wrote all. He didn't say, unless it's a really bad circumstance, then don't right? Unless it's really hard. Don't worry about it at all. You don't have to think about it. He says all circumstances. Psalms 50, 23 says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. It's a sacrifice sometimes. Sacrifice means I didn't want to give it. Sacrifice means it cost me something. Thanksgiving, sometimes you don't want to give it and it'll cost you something. And those, I believe, carry even more weight. God says this one is a real sacrifice that honors me. And he hears your thankfulness. He's like, dude, Taylor's going through a hard time. But l- listen to him praise me right now. This honors me. It's even more weighty. Last one is just this last uh, thing. It's, it's similar to the first one, but I just found it in a verse. Thankfulness, so I'm putting it in here. It says, instead of crude joking, give thanks. Ephesians 5, 4 says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. I see it all the time. A group of people are gossiping about somebody, or maybe you're in a group and, and people start bashing someone or something or whatever. And you, and sometimes you, we join in because we're like, well, everyone else is complaining. So, you know, right. Or other times maybe we don't because we, we don't want to gossip, but we kind of just let it happen. The antidote is Thanksgiving. When they're bashing that guy 
And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're like, dude, this one time he helped me with this. Oh, he was really awesome. He's actually pretty genuine. It's weird. The people in the group don't know how to respond. They're like, uh, like we're trying to bash him right now. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, actually, like, he's actually really cool if you get to know him. You know, people don't know what to do with it because you start shooting arrows into the darkness of gossip and all of a sudden it starts shifting the atmosphere around them and you can see they feel awkward. And then someone, though, usually changes and is like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, he's, he's kind of cool. He's all right. And all of a sudden it starts to shift. So instead of jumping into that crude moment, shift it with thankfulness. This is your weapon. I just want crux to become a group of like a thankful people. I'm telling you, if we were thankful, we'd see more miracles break out in our life. We'd see revival, I believe, in our lives and in our city if we became the most thankful group around because it's a weapon for spiritual warfare. So, last quote. You guys ready for the last quote? You guys doing okay? You all right? You thankful? Good. <laughs> last quote. It says, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. See, thankfulness, just in conclusion, guys, it means I'm well because I'm forgiven. Thankfulness is communion with Jesus. Thankfulness is worship. Thankfulness is a weapon. You have to practically set a time to be thankful till you get a habit in your life for it. And when others complain and you want to jump into that, don't do it. Choose thankfulness and throw in Jesus. So Lord, as we go into small groups, just for the rest of the night, God, we ask that we would become a people of thankfulness. God, we ask that we would... Um, that you'd, it, it, oh man, that you'd revive our hearts again, God. You'd create a wonder inside of us again to just be thankful for all you've given to us. That we are well. We are well because we're forgiven. Who cares if my car's broken? I'm well. Who cares if this thing's going on? Like, I'm well because I'm forgiven. We love you. We praise you. Help, help us process through this, God, and start from this night forth and a new era of thankfulness in our lives, a new habit. Renew our minds, God. Let nothing but thankfulness come out of our mouths. We love you, Jesus. We thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.